Welcome to the Oval Office Tapes. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Calm.com. It's been a bummer week for totally real paid protesters like me. We stormed the Senate during the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, but our dastardly woman's plans have been foiled again by our president's very, very large brain. Whoopsie, got us. Women are totally fake. It's so stressful getting paid boatloads of real money to pretend I like actually care about my rights or whatever. That's why I've partnered with Calm.com, the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. It was even named Apple's 2017 app of the year. Calm gives me the tools to live a happier, healthier, and more mindful life. For a limited time, Oval Office Tapes listeners can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash tapes. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash tapes. Hello, sweetheart. You know I love the way that you talk. Hello, sweetheart. And I got too much love in What you are about to hear are audio tapes recorded at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue during the presidency of Donald J. Trump and acquired exclusively for use in this program. In tonight's episode, we bring you selections from the week of the 8th of October, 2018. The week is marked by presidential gloating regarding Brett Kavanaugh's successful ascension to the Supreme Court, United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley's surprise resignation, a UN report on the effects of climate change, and President Trump following up on his romantic declaration of love to North Korea's brutal dictator Kim Jong-un. But that is the news. This is the story. President Trump has called climate change a hoax. However, a recent report in the Washington Post reveals that the Trump administration not only believes in climate change, but believes it is catastrophic and irreversible. And this week, the United Nations released a report stating that the world will reach a crisis point by the year 2040. How to deal with these new revelations? As evidenced in this tape of a White House meeting between Trump his chief of staff, John Kelly, and his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. The subject is top of the president's mind. Mr. President. Mr. President. Meetings, meetings, meetings. John, you have my whole damn day packed with cabinet meetings and national security meetings and every other boring meeting you can think of. You don't want to be briefed on national security anymore? There's barely any time left to catch up on the news. How am I supposed to know what's going on in the world? Well, that's sort of what the meetings are all Quiet. A new report by the UN carries a stark warning. The world has little more than a decade to reduce the amount of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere, or it may be too late. Oh, did you hear about this one? Climate change out of control. Hurricane Michael's on its way. Seems like there's one a week these days. All the hoax. Last week we put out that finding that there's going to be a seven degree rise in temperature by 2100. Fine. Who gives a shit? 
We'll all be dead by then. Adios, amigos. But now they're saying we've only got till 2040. That's like tomorrow. The United Nations says that to avoid blowing through a catastrophic 1.5 degrees Celsius rise in global temperatures, the whole world's going to have to offset all carbon pollution by 2040. I see your lips moving, John, and I hear sounds coming out of your mouth, but I have no idea what the hell you're saying. Bunch of liberal bullshit. Oh, you pour yourself another one, give it a rest for 10 seconds, Rudy. What are you even doing here? I'm your lawyer, remember? Well, what does the UN report say we're supposed to do about climate change now? Nothing that's politically feasible, Mr. President. It calls for rapid, far-reaching, and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society, with an investment of $2.4 trillion every year going forward. Huh. It also calls for an immediate divestment from fossil fuels. Try selling that in West Virginia. It is a bit of a conundrum, Mr. President. You said publicly many times that the global warming thing was all propaganda. And I'll say it again this afternoon, but that's all a political tactic. A brilliant one as usual. Can't have people worrying. But this shit is scary, John. The Earth's about to become a furnace, and it sounds like we're already past the point of no return. 2040, Mr. President, truth is, we'll all be gone. You'll be long gone, but I'll be in my mid-90s. I'll have at least 40 more good years left, the way I take care of my internal battery. It's all in God's hands at this point. Seriously, John? I mean, that's like saying you shouldn't take penicillin if you get syphilis. You just leave it up to the Lord to cure you? I've told you, I don't know how many times, Rudy. Take the damn penicillin. I know, I know. I'm just making a point. Look, this thing is real. Not only is Mar-a-Lago going to be underwater, our skin is going to bubble every time we step outside. And what about Melania? She won't even be hot anymore. Well, she will be hot. But not the good kind of hot. Maybe it would be prudent to think a little bit about small steps we could take to stave off disaster, like uh, maybe a gasoline tax. Do you have any idea how a gasoline tax would go over in the midterms? I'm just trying to be realistic here. Here's what's realistic. A billionaire's bunker. Love it. I'm sorry, what? Trump's billionaire's bunker. It'll be more of a city than a bunker, but we'll call it a bunker for branding. It'll be like... An underground midtown Manhattan with skyscrapers, hot dog vendors, its own Times Square and Plaza Hotel, and of course, a bunch of Trump Towers. So the best, the most attractive, the most important people can survive once the world becomes unlivable. This is a brilliant idea. I mean, really. My biggest question is, who gets in? I mean, there's really not that many billionaires. Okay, fine. We'll allow 100 millionaires too. And Tom Brady. Giselle if he wants her, but the non-billionaires get last pick on housing. That seems fair. I'll get a blueprint together in a couple of weeks. Two words for you, Rudy. Shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I really hesitate to ask, but... Say no more, John. You may not be rich, but you've been very loyal to me. You and your family are invited into the Trump billionaire's bunker. Consider yourself saved. Thank you, Mr. President, but uh, who's going to pay for this? John, are you dense? You just finished telling me that it costs $2.4 trillion a year to combat global warming. The underground city is going to cost a lot less. And with Trump managing the project, it'll get done in record time and far below budget. That I can tell you. Uh, fine. I'll add it to the agenda on your next meeting with Senator McConnell. Yes. A solution to climate change. Another problem solved by President Donald J. Trump. The greatest president who ever lived. I'll drink to that. President Trump has always had a tenuous relationship with a majority of women voters. During the 2016 campaign, women grew increasingly upset by the many allegations of sexual misconduct against Trump, capped by the Access Hollywood tape where he bragged about grabbing women's genitals. 
Recently, his attacks against sexual assault survivor Dr. Christine Blasey Ford have led many to wonder if women voters will hand significant victories to the Democrats in the upcoming midterm elections. With control of the Congress and Senate in the balance, President Trump calls Vice President Pence to discuss their strategy. Mr. Vice President, Mr. President, for you on line two. Patch him through. Pensy, I need your advice. What is weighing on you? Nothing. Don't really need your advice. Just thought it sounded presidential. Truth is, I'm light as air. Fly me to the moon, baby. Let me play among the stars. I can't stop winning. God has truly heard your prayers for Justice Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah. He's been listening to me for sure. The economy, North Korea, the red wave. It's like I say it, and he does it. Well, Mr. President, as the scripture says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. I did humble. Did you catch that? Everyone advised me to be good during the hearing, so for two fucking weeks, I was all humble, humble, humble. I said, Dr. Blasey Ford deserves to be heard. You were a uniter, not a divider, sir. You understood her suffering. But then, I pulled the classic Trump jujitsu. I dragged her through the mud. I hit her hard, called her lies a hoax, and got everything I wanted. The Lord lifted me right on up. Am I right, Pensy? Indeed he did. I learned a valuable lesson these last few weeks. I'm almost afraid to ask what it was, sir. Being nice is for losers, especially being nice to women. Yep, that's what I was afraid of. What does scripture say about that, Pensy? See, if, if Jesus were nice all the time, he wouldn't have bothered to help the sinful change their ways. That's right. Now that I think about it, I'm a lot like Jesus. Yeah, well, he befriended prostitutes. I've done the same. But he didn't always agree with their sinful ways. He gently helped them to change. Perhaps we need to be even more like Jesus. Help sinful women to change. And you know me, no one loves women more than I do. Oh, except for me, sir. I honor mother as my wife. She is my queen. The fair sex, so beautiful. But they are also mysterious, complex creatures, led by their passions. And not by reason. And they've become such a big problem for us. Only 32% of women support me. That's abysmal. Oh, that can't be true. What happened to them to make them so deranged? Well, I'll tell you what it was. It all started with Mulan. Mulan? The Disney cartoon about the little Asian girl? Sir, what we have now is a generation of young women who have been duped by the boneheads of Disney into thinking that they can be female warriors. Like rabid dogs. They've lost their minds. Well, if they had once to begin with. Oh, nice one, Pence. Wait a minute. What if we remove them from the equation? Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, that sounds awfully sinister. No, no, no. Not sinister. A policy change. Something that will save us all. Probably the biggest thing to happen to women since women got the right to vote. Which is? We take away women's right to vote. Let's maybe keep brainstorming, Mr. President, uh, something we can actually accomplish. No, this is good, Pensy. Let's repeal that amendment. Repeal the 19th Amendment, sir? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it might be seen as tyrannical, sir. A vengeful act by our administration to silence our critics. Well, who's going to stop me? Congress? Really? Come on. You think Cocaine Mitch will find his shriveled up balls for this? That guy hates women more than I do, and I love women. The states? Public opinion? The men and women in the Republican Party have been great soldiers in your cause, sir. But there's always a breaking point. I doubt it. Fifty percent of the population is women. Yes, but the women who support us will happily give up their right to vote in order to silence the rest of America's women. 
That's Trump's scripture. And you can start spreading the word right now. It would solve all our problems. And the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Wow, it does? I should give a copy to Melania. Thank you, Pensy. I admit, I don't think much of you. I never have. But you surprised me today. You're welcome, Mr. President. I am always here to serve you. Goodbye. This here is an ad for Adult Swim. The only way the president can save Washington, D.C. is to nuke it. And if you think that doesn't make sense, you don't know President Phil Kin Seven. Now, the only way to free the president from himself, to save the country from annihilation, and to liberate the world from a power-hungry dictator is to impeach President Phil Kin Seven. The man for this job is a birdman. You've been waiting for his return, and soon your dreams will come true. Harvey Birdman is back for a special case. For one half of one hour, you'll see what an American hero looks like. Harvey Birdman, Attorney General, October 14th at midnight, only on Adult Swim. Who could have predicted that such a deep friendship would form between President Trump and North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un? After all, it wasn't so long ago that they were exchanging vicious barbs about who had a bigger button and tweeting out threats of nuclear annihilation to each other. And yet, President Trump recently made a surprising declaration that he and the brutal dictator have fallen in love. This shocking overture has led many to wonder, is this just a flight of fancy, or is it an indication of a deeper truth? Hello. Uh, who is this? Hello, Your Excellency. Supreme Leader, is that you? You little Siberian tiger. How did you get my private number? You gave it to me, remember? Wait. You speak English, or did I learn North Korean? Please, tell no one but I speak little English. Our secret, Your Excellency. I'm calling to see how you are. Well, I'm a lot better now that I hear your voice. No one understands me like you do. I see you on TV. You act so happy. But I can sense great pain underneath all. Your muscles are tense. You must relax. It's true. I'm leading the greatest American revolution, and still no one appreciates me. Who is hurting you? The press, the deep state, the Democrats, and now Taylor Swift. She's hurt me most of all. Your Excellency, don't let yourself get all worked up like this over woman. Besides, Kanye still loves you. Whatever. No, not whatever. He is a wise man, and he speaks with power. That that don't kill me can only make me stronger. He said that? You are greatest American president to live. Oh, Kim, I know I have everything a man can want, but I still want more. My big Donald, take breath, lie down, put feet up. All right. You probably know some ancient relaxation techniques, don't you? No. I just know laying down feels better than standing up. I'm laying down now. Is there something you want me to do with my hands? No, Donald. This is not that kind of phone call. Then, will you tell me a bedtime story? Sometimes I can't sleep unless someone tells me a bedtime story. Usually Jared does it. Let me tell you about great leader. Supreme leader. His birth was foretold by Swallow and Double Rainbow. When he was born, new star appeared in the sky. Yes, tell me more. From the moment he was born, strong men all over the world revered him. 
His daddy loved him very much. He called him smart. He called him strong. He didn't call him an idiot and punch him in the head? No. He admired him and praised his willingness. Please, go on. First time he picked up golf club, he shot 64 with three holes in one. He was even better at the baseball. Nice. When he became great leader, the people threw massive parades in his honor. Bigger than the sky. Thousands of beautiful women with beautiful bouncing breasts. Big, strong military men with powerful torsos. Long, hard missiles. His people stood erect at attention. I can feel you with me, Kim. The people looked to great leader to bring them joy and wealth. In land of great leader, his people were happy because he filled holes in hearts, emptiness in souls. I keep telling everyone I can do this. Why won't they listen to me? He vanquished enemies, crushed them like glass into sand between big, powerful hands. He executed critics. He was a man of iron will. He closed borders, made people safe. He made magnificent big painting of his beautiful face. The biggest. And he put it in every home, in every office, projected onto buildings. Everywhere the people gazed into his eyes. Soon, no one remembered life before his love. Oh, Supreme Leader, you are so bad. For he knew the greatest truth of them all. True leadership is true sacrifice. He gave all he had for them. He allowed himself to become living God. Oh, oh, oh my God. Mike him. You are a perfect little man, do you know that? Did you hear what I said about you to my people? I said, you like me. I like you. I said, we fell in love. I did hear something. And I do. I love you, Kim. I love you too, Your Excellency. Kim, what are you wearing? I am wearing gray slacks and a Mao dress shirt. Well, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm ready again. Ready again, Your Excellency? Ready once again to hear the story about the great leader. His birth was foretold by a swallow and a double rainbow. Yes, tell me more. When he was born, a new star appeared in the sky. Early in the week, America's United Nations ambassador, Nikki Haley, suddenly resigns sparking intense speculation as to whether or not the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump, will replace her. However, later that same day, Ivanka herself quashes all rumors with a tweet. But here, during a visit with her father, she reveals that the situation may be more complicated than it appears. A blue wave? Are these people delusional? Maybe, maybe the Democrats take the House, but they're never winning the Senate, that's for sure. I mean, these people. Look at Al Franken. One woman says he felt her up and he lays down like a little baby. They're so unbearably weak, they should be put in the hospital. Daddy, hey. Oh, you're on the phone. How's it going? Listen, Sean, Ivanka just walked in to see me. I know. I really didn't think anyone could be a better president than me in my first year. But it turns out someone could. It just happened to be me in my second year. All right. Talk to you tonight after the show. What's up, honey? Oh, nothing. But also everything. Were you talking to Hannity? What did he say about this whole Nikki Haley dilemma? No dilemma here. She was a pain in the ass, and now she's dust in the wind. Told one too many people that she was going to try to primary me. So he dug up some dirt about her, let it be known that she could leave now, get hugs and kisses, or I'd fire her ass and end her career. 
Did you like the show we put on this morning? Seemed like you guys were thick as thieves. That's why we call it television. I made sure she kissed your ass on the way out, right? <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. Jared's too. She called him a hidden genius. Whatever that means. So, who's gonna take her place? I told everyone it should be you. I know, Daddy, but that's not legal. You made it so bad I had to tweet out that I wasn't interested. Who cares about legal? We've got a hundred ways to deal with legal. Well, I'd be awesome at it, and you know it. You're singing my song. Look at all you've done with the hotels, the spas, your clothing factories. It's almost like I've been preparing for it my whole life. And it's totally become a girl job, you know? Why not a hot one? Daddy, you cannot say that. It's 2018. Okay, little girl. I'll keep that in mind. <sighs> Baby, tell me what's up. What's on your mind? Well, I have been thinking. I know how things have finally turned around for us. You've been on such a winning streak. Just ask CNN. They can't stop talking about it. I just want to make sure that we're all prepared for what's going to happen after the election. You too? After the election, I'll get the Democrats to bow down to me the same way I got the Republicans to. But, Daddy, these people will do anything to destroy you. They'll strangle us all with subpoenas, and the Mueller investigation hasn't gone away. He's just laying low until after the elections. The single greatest witch hunt in American history. There was no collusion. I've said it so many times. People hear it in their sleep. President Trump, Father, they're going to indict everyone around you. Don, Eric, Roger, even Jared. They're going to try to get to you however they can. Not to brag, but I've got the power of the pardon. And I own two members of the Supreme Court. No one's going to indict this president of the United States. And by the time we're done with them, I bet they'll let me pardon myself. So boom and kaboom. Say, why don't we get the kitchen to make us a pizza and we'll watch The Little Mermaid. Dad, I'm serious. We have to be prepared. And the job you need me in isn't ambassador to the UN. It's vice president of the United States. Go on. Pence is done, am I right? I've certainly been saying so. Got me the evangelicals, but they ain't going nowhere. Exactly. And who do you know who A, you can trust, and B, is not going to prison? Well, I mean, I kind of promised it to Kanye. Dad, Kanye? Yay, if you want him to answer. I don't even want to talk about Kanye West. Do you know he wrote that that don't kill me can only make me stronger? I don't care. I'm trying to save the family here. They're coming after us, and I think they might have the goods. You don't like to hear it, but what if it's true? We don't have to do anything for a while, but we should start planning now. Start grooming me. Send me to places you don't want to go. Let me deal with the hurricane in Miami. I hate wet. Way too much wet. Or? Or what? Or you could give me the perfect job that would prepare me to take over for Pence right before the election in 2020. I see you've thought this through. Together, we'd sweep our way to a second term. And if, if, if anything happened to you, I'd be next in line to make sure that you all received the court-proof pardons that you deserve and that there could be a Trump in the White House all the way until 2032. Whoa. And I'll also appoint a commission to focus on the one issue that isn't getting enough attention right now, adding President Donald J. Trump to Mount Rushmore. Ding, we have a winner. So tell me, what job are we talking about? Ambassador to the UN. Aha, you do want it. But only if you promise to promote me to VP after two years. It's a deal. It sure is, Daddy. It's the art of the deal. I'm going to go tell Jared. Okay, honey. Wait a minute. What the fuck just happened? Thank you for joining us for The Oval Office Tapes. 
a behind-the-scenes look at the presidency of Donald J. Trump. We'll return next time with more tapes from the Oval Office. Blumhouse Television and Cutler Productions present the Oval Office tapes, performed by Chris Cox, Quentin Flynn, Bruce Locke, Scott McCord, Danielle Morrow, and Jeff Rector. Our show is written by Scott Conroy, RJ Cutler, Mike Schneider, and Leslie Hollingsworth. Trevor Smith is our producer. The Oval Office Tapes is directed by RJ Cutler. Our show is recorded and edited by Julian Nicholson and Eric C. Fuentes and designed and mixed by Glenn Ferguson at the Invisible Studios West Hollywood. Our casting directors are Meg Mormon and Sunday Bowling. Tess Ryan is our writer's assistant. Production support is provided by Chloe Sanders, Alexandria Nichols, and James Gelberg. Al Wickers keeps us honest. Our theme music is Connection by King Tuff. This podcast is distributed by Cadence 13. Our executive producers are Jason Blum, Scott Conroy, and RJ Cutler. The Oval Office Tapes is created by RJ Cutler. Check out our website, ovalofficetapes.com. We're also on Twitter and other social media at Oval Office Tapes. Thanks for listening to the Oval Office Tapes. It's your girl, totally real paid protester, back to remind you that all women who oppose you are fake. And to visit calm.com slash tapes for the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. That's calm.com slash tapes. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash tapes.